Thank you all for your prayers. And uh, let's keep on praying for one another. Praying, hallelujah, that God would just move in a greater, greater way. Amen. And uh, we don't have victories without battles. Praise the Lord. Amen. I know we would like it. I wouldn't complain either to say, well, God, it's, uh, you know, just make everything easy. Make everything just go smoothly. Well, then I read my Bible and find out he hasn't done that for the first one in that book. Amen. But you know what? He's faithful through it all. And he'll teach us to fight. He'll teach us to stand up and trust him when the storms are gathered. Amen. When the battle is hot, he will teach us to stand up and have faith. If you have Mark 15, say amen. Amen. Let's pray, Father. We love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence today, Lord, in this house. Thank you for what you are doing, and thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Lord, we ask you now that you would just speak clearly to every heart. Lord, give us strength. Give us faith, Lord, because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So, Lord, give us faith as we listen to you, God, and trust you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mark 15, verse 21. And they compel one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. God bless you. You can be seated. Brother asked me earlier this morning if I uh, felt like God had given me direction for the service yet tonight. And I appreciate folks that are praying for me. And I said, well, I feel like God gave it to me several days ago. Already know what we were getting ready to preach tonight. And this is something that I don't know. I've really spent a lot of time at all over the last several many years, let me say, uh, turn into this scripture. But we see at this time the most horrible but the most beautiful thing, the cross. And if you've never been in our service where we take communion together, God just moves in a beautiful way, doesn't he? Because as we look at the horror, as we look at the the brutality of Calvary, we know that God did that for us. And that every horrible detail was fulfilling Scripture. And just full of meaning that the Lord would take upon himself our sins, our guilt, and our shame. Carry it to the cross and pay such an awful price. The Bible says that he would become sin for us, that we could be the righteousness of God in him. Not just taking the debt, but making a making a trade for us that we could have his righteousness as he took our sin. Every detail of that, like I said, so full, so loaded with meaning, the stripes that were upon his back. Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah how he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Not because he was guilty, because I was guilty. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, 
we are healed. Every time they laid that lash upon his back, that was loaded with meaning that, that he took upon him my sickness. That I could trust him and believe that he is the God that heals us. So many details of Calvary. The, the thorns that were placed upon his brow. The mockery of a, of a crown. To call him a king, but yet thrust this painful, horrible crown of thorns upon his head that I'm sure the blood just ran down his face. If anyone understands how uh, a cut up on the, on the forehead just free bleeds so, so quickly. And, and, and as they mocked him and said, oh, hail king of the Jews. But he was our king. He's the king of kings. But little did they know. That because man sinned there in the garden and God gave them a beautiful garden, a beautiful inheritance that they were to occupy and, and have dominion over. That because of sin, thorns grew in the ground. Somebody asked me here a little while ago, talking about different Types of drugs and saying, well, you know, everything that God made is good. The God, Bible says, uh, said there in the garden, use it all, eat it all, take care of it all. So what's wrong with, with the drugs that are grown out in the, in nature and, and, and hallucinogens that you can find in nature? I said, hey, this world's a whole lot different than what it was in the garden. Amen. I don't believe God created anything there to to alter our perception of reality or to impair us in our judgment. Oh, no. This world is fallen and full of thorns now. And because of the curse that was on the ground, he bore that on the cross, redeeming the earth from its curse. Every awful detail that man tried to do for evil. God had a plan for good. As they drove that spear into his side and out flowed the blood and the water, the Bible says, a very, very physical consequence of, uh, uh, of his, his, the failure of his, his uh, circulatory and respiratory system as the water was drawn out of his blood. But not knowing that they were fulfilling scripture that without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins. And it was the blood that was passed, put on the doorpost that caused the death angel to pass over them. And Jesus paid our price that we could be free from death by the shedding of his blood the Passover lamb. On, on and on and on we could spend time talking about every detail of that. But here we see a detail in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We see this man, Simon, a man of Cyrene, it says. Simon by name in Matthew 27. They compelled him to bear his cross. Luke says they led him away and laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country. And on him they laid the cross that he might bear it. After Jesus. Every detail of this horrible event is just so full of meaning for us. So full of beautiful meaning. See, because one thing we've taught here recently about another cross, Jesus talked about, didn't he? About our cross. 
Luke 9.23. And he talks about a cross that we must bear. Talks about a life that bears a cross. Hey, I want to tell you this modern day religion that, that, that pays no price, that has no separation, that has no real victory in it is not what the Bible teaches. Jesus said in Luke 9.23, he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, are you a Christian? Are you a follower of Christ? Are you Christ-like? Let him deny himself and take up what? Take up his cross daily and follow me. A lot of people wanting the blessings of God, but they don't, they're not carrying a cross. What does that mean? It means a life of self-denial. Take up your cross, deny yourself. Not my will. Every day. Every decision. Every moment that I say, God, I am focused on you and your kingdom. Not what I want. What do you want? How often do you hear me preach it? That our prayer life, so thankful that God hears my requests and hears my burdens. But it's so important that I say, God, what's your will for me? Brother was testifying here tonight. It's not always convenient. It's not always comfortable. When God starts saying, hey, I want to talk to you. Because I'll tell you, my flesh is giving more trouble than the devil ever started to. Amen. And I know we can say amen, but if you're not really applying your life to this and really have a cross, you really don't know what I'm talking about. To really be able to say, hey, you know what? What really fights me is when I want the easy way. When I want what I want. When I want my will. When I don't want to go through the fire and let God purify my life. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to go to a Gethsemane experience and say, God, I I don't know, Lord. I'm I'm fighting against my own desires, my own flesh. And God, I I need your help. I need your help. If I'm going to pray like I need to pray, if I'm going to have have victory like I need to have victory, is anybody hearing me tonight? If I'm going to live like I want to live, I'm going to have victory like I need to have victory. If I'm going to overcome my past like I need to, I'm going to have to say no to me. That's That's not so easy some days. Especially in a day when we... Well, the Bible talks about a day when men would be lovers of their own selves. And how this whole culture, and now one of the biggest problems that we are facing in a, in a church world today, worship songs that are worshiping self. Yeah. Amen. I heard somebody ask, do you think we stopped worshiping in society? And the man said, oh, I think we worship as much there, but we stopped worshiping God and started worshiping ourselves. And the messages of self-motivation and self-esteem uh, and building up ourselves and, and, and rather than with the cross and Jesus and denying yourself and repentance. Help us, Lord. He said, we got to deny ourselves. We got to take up our cross daily and follow him. I've been doing this for a little while now. I uh, got the Holy Ghost when I was 16 and 
really put my heart into living for God. I'm not saying I just did everything just right, but I will tell you something after all these years. I'm not 16 anymore, but I'll tell you this. I still get on my knees and I still fight this will. Paul said, I bring my body under, bring it into subjection, lest I preach to others and I myself become what? A castaway. Amen. Paul understood this flesh is, is, is trouble. And you're going to have to deal with it, have to regularly deal with it, have to, have to say no to it. So what am I talking about? talking about this man named Simon. The Bible does not say that Jesus stumbled under the weight of the cross. I've read to you three passages of the Gospels. It never says that Jesus stumbled. Therefore, they compelled him to come out. Nevertheless, they did compel this man named Simon, a father of these two children. I believe Alexander and Rufus, the one scripture says, passing through town, somehow getting caught up in this unfolding drama of, of our salvation. And I, I believe that as we look at this, we can see if, if Jesus had someone to help him carry that cross. It tells me that there's times where I'm going to have to recognize I can't do this by myself. Amen. Amen. I know there's a lot of folks that have a lot of experience and a lot of understanding and a lot of knowledge and have fought a lot of battles. But God's going to bring us all to a place where we have to be interdependent. Where we have to depend on one another. That is right. Bible teaches us that it is so difficult. We see over and over and over again the works of the flesh and the, the denying of self and the, the contrary nation, nature of God's spirit and our will. Sometimes we need to recognize how weak we are and humble ourselves and be able to say, you know what? I need somebody to help me carry my cross on my way to heaven. Amen. Amen. Sometimes it seems like that is so difficult for us. Pastoring, I've dealt with a lot of good folks that come to a place in their life where they're struggling or they're weak. And rather than be able to say, you know what, that's me. I need that help. I need that input. I need those prayers. I, I, I covet that earnestly. I say, Well, I don't want to be a bother. Well, I don't want to trouble anybody is it that you don't want to trouble anybody or is it just the truth that i've heard some say it's just so hard for me to get help you're going to have to get over that because if jesus had help carrying his cross trust me you're going to need help carrying yours and i tell you in john 13 it talks about jesus himself girding Himself dressing himself with a with a towel and putting on the the trappings of a servant gets down and starts washing the disciples' feet. And he tells them if 
if I, being your master, have washed your feet, you know what? You are going to need to wash one another's feet. But he came to Peter. After he had washed some some of the other's feet, and Peter looks at him and said, you think you're going to wash my feet? Yeah. You know what? I think in one way, Peter really had good intentions. Yeah. I don't think he was trying. I think he was trying in one way to say, you know what? I'm too humble for you to do that. And it was pride masquerading as humility. You know, you might, they might have let you do that, but I respect you too much. And God says, if I don't wash your feet, you got no part of me. How many times have you been in situations and, Circumstances are coming against you. you. And it's just the last thing you ever want to do is say, you know what? I need prayer. I need help. I, I need some, some input in my life. Because, well, we put on this idea of, well, I, I just, you know, there's more important things to deal with. And, I'm, and people suffer silently. It takes a lot of humility to have somebody wash your feet. It really does. We've had foot washing services with communion here at times over the years. And, and I've heard over and over again, it's, it's, it's something to, to get down and wash a brother's feet, sisters with sister. And, but it's another thing altogether to stop and let somebody wash your feet. Now, I know with us and, and our circumstance, it's not really apples for apples because we are kind of fulfilling a, a, a kind of going through the motions of what they were doing. You know, we come to church with our feet clean, you know, and make sure everything's just right. And, and but, you know, they're, they're washing their feet because they were dirty. Yeah. Right. When Jesus got down to wash their feet, they had just walked down the road. Who knows? All day long, I'm sure. Yeah. Amen. It wasn't a pretty sight. It wasn't a ceremony. It was a true act of service. Yeah. Yeah. To recognize my part in the body of Christ and to be able to say, you know what? I, I, I like it when somebody can ask me for prayer. I like it when somebody can ask my input, my, my suggestions, my uh, get help from me. But God, it's so hard for me to really realize that I need to lean on others. We need help with our cross some days. First Corinthians two. First Corinthians two, Paul says something here that I think is very telling. Not a bit of it is wrong, not a bit of it is to be embarrassed or ashamed of himself, but Paul is opening his heart to the church. He's their minister. He's the one that, that established that church, that founded it. And now they're going through troubles and problems and divisions. And they're even questioning Paul whether he's really, really even qualified to be their apostle. But he opens his heart to them in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 3 and says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Paul said, you know what? I need help bearing my cross. I need help doing what God's called me to do. I get up here and I and I, I preach this. I write you these letters. I pray for your sick. But there's times 
where I'm struggling against the same kind of fights, the same kind of flesh, the same kind of devil, the same kind of world. world. I know we got this idea. Listen to me now. There's a, we get kind of a picture in our mind. We get this idea of what a perfect day for a perfect Christian ought to be. Perfect Christian family, just like yours, just like mine. Perfect Christian day, perfect Christian church. And we set ourselves up with false expectations. Amen. I know, I've done it. I've been at the church here praying and saying, God, uh, how and, uh, how can this be happening? And where have we gone wrong? And why all this trouble? And why all these battles? And then all of a sudden God starts showing me, hey, look at what Moses dealt with. Hey, look at what Jesus dealt with. Hey, look at what Paul dealt with. Hey, look at every church in the New Testament and what they have to be dealt with. Look at the book of Re-. And I say, okay, God, just give me the grace to deal with it. Because I'm hurting and I'm in tears and I'm saying something's wrong because the picture that I have in my mind is so beautiful and so perfect. And what I see in the reality, something must be wrong. But Paul said the reality of it is I was with you in much weakness. Come on, Paul, you're a superhero. You've got so much of Jesus in you. You've got so much faith in you. You don't fight battles. You don't have weakness, fear. Oh, you probably laugh at fear. He said, I had much trembling. You see, as you read his letters, I was refreshed when Timothy came. I was encouraged when Titus came. Please send John Mark. He's profitable unto me at this time as I'm getting ready to say goodbye to this world. What? Paul, you got Jesus. Yeah, but I need somebody to help me carry my cross. Amen. Amen. Paul, that man of faith, that man who established church after church after church, you can see chapters at the end of some of his letters. Thank you to Aquila and Priscilla. Thank you for this one and that one. Thank you. These people helped me. These people labored with me. These people fought devils with me. These people helped me carry my cross. There's people in this world, I'm going to tell you, they, oh, they're holy. They're so holy, they just back away from any kind of trouble, any kind of weakness, any kind of problem. That's not holy. I'll tell you, when you're holy, you get in and get your hands dirty and say, hey, it's my brother who's weak. That's my brother who's struggling. That's my sister who needs help. Amen. I want to help them carry their cross. The cross is that horrible thing. A cross, that self-denial, that self mortifying, crucifying the flesh. Paul was honest enough to say, hey, you know what? I was with you. I was preaching for you. We were having revival, but I'm telling you the truth. I'm sure some of them knew. Some of them, they're reading that letter saying, Paul, really? I never would have expected, but I know there were some that were already helping him carry his cross. 2 Corinthians 12. We already... I think probably a, kind of alluded to these scriptures here. Second Corinthians 12. Hey, listen to me. You feeling weak today? You feeling like you're struggling today? There's help. There's help for you. God's, God's got help all around you. To help carry your cross. 
I know sometimes we look at a Christian life and we don't we don't consider it as Jesus said it. It's carrying a cross. Looking at your battle. Only, you know, your battle. Only, you know, the burden you carry. Only, you know, the dark times that that you face and God helps you through that. But, you know, the battles. But listen to me, sometimes you're going to need some help. Second Corinthians 12, listen, Paul's talking again, being honest with the church. Chapter 12, verse 7. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Some people have said a lot of different things about this thorn, a lot of messed up things, to be honest with you. Sometimes people say, well, I think this might be temptation to sin. Absolutely not. We can see Paul's victory over, but, but, but he was constantly being battled, constantly being, being buffeted by the enemy, constantly being persecuted, constantly being forsaken. There were people that didn't want anything to do with Paul once he was put in prison. And all this worked on him. And he said, I've received a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, to, to hit me. To beat on me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Well, Paul must have worked himself, worked through some of this. He must have been able to say, why, Lord, am I facing this? And then God said, here, there's bigger purpose in this. And Paul came to terms with that. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times that it might depart from me. Listen now. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. That's hard. To, that's hard to handle. In a day when everything is about having confidence and being strong in yourself and being able to uh, exert that that power and uh, over other people and and. and Paul said, I recognize as the apostle to the Gentiles, my strength comes when I realize I don't have any strength, but my strength is in him. Amen. It's not in his failure, but it's in his falling to his knees and be able to say, I can't do this without God and the help that he's given me. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So now look what Paul said. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I don't think Paul was some kind of had some kind of morbid view of problems and trouble, but he recognized I'm not going to brag about how strong I am. I'm going to just recognize how weak I know I really am. And my strength is in him. When the Bible says no flesh will glory in his presence, it's talking about making its boast. So Paul's saying, I, I'm, I don't make my boast in my strength. I make my boast in my weakness and God's strength. I've got to realize my pride has got to die. My self-reliance, my, my, old, my old nature that tries to prove I'm something, prove I'm strong, prove I'm right. Let it die. And just start to get your eyes on God and say, you know what? People might think I'm a failure as long as I'm right with God. People might think I've lost my mind as long as I'm in the middle of his will. 
People might persecute me and hate me and mock me. That's all right as long as I know God's people are with me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. What's he saying? He's saying, I got to recognize, I realize how my pride and my my self-focus, my self-love, my my focus on trying to defend myself and prove something for me and be something, have that reputation. Rather, I need to. I thank God for the things that keep that keep that away from me, and I thank God for the things that drive me to my knees. Thank God for the things that make me consider myself. I was having a conversation with with someone here recently, and they were saying about scriptures that that didn't make a lot of sense to them at one time. This, you know, the Book of Ecclesiastes is Solomon's wisdom. And he says, you know, he talks about a place of mourning being more valuable than the place of mirth, of gladness, of, uh, of foolishness. I love to have a good time. I love to get have laugh and get silly sometimes with my family. But Solomon's saying, you know, there's something important, more valuable in the house of mourning. Because you consider... You consider your life, you consider your future, you consider where you are in God. So much of this world is about amusement, about taking your mind off your troubles, trying to somehow survive because of all the stress and the pressure. Just help me to to disconnect. And Solomon says what you what you really need to do is consider In fact, he said sometimes God will put an evil day, a a, a difficult day, right next to a great day to just make us stop and consider. Make us look a little closer. Make us pray a little harder. Make us examine ourselves because you know what? This life is so short according to the word of God. There's nothing more important than looking a little bit deeper, a little bit closer and saying, God, is there something that needs to be made right? Is there somebody that needs to be forgiven? Is there something I've left undone? God, help me to consider. Because he says, that's when I'm strong, when I recognize how weak I really am. And when you recognize how weak you are, you don't have to prove anything to your brother. You're not defending yourself. You're not, hey, I... You just thank you for your help. Thank you for your for your input. Thank you for your prayers. Because I know, I know I can't. It's tough. You read this Bible. We we are biased against ourselves. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. It, It takes a friend to help you carry a cross. Sometimes I can face trouble. Sometimes I can, I can, you know, carry the load. And sometimes I can, I can be pretty strong. But it's tough when I have to deny myself and take a harder look at myself and say, hey, what about me? Am I really doing my best? Am I really reaching what God has for me? Am I really fulfilling God's will in my life? Or have I kind of settled in to a place where I'm satisfied with enough? That's where friends come in. Hey, listen, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to lean on people. I know what it's like to know that 
I need folks praying for me. I need people that I can be open and honest with and say, hey, in my hardest days, the hardest battles I have, I'll tell you what, I'm on the phone. Hey, I need you to pray for me. I need to talk to you. I need you to hear what I have to say. And I need to know if there's something that's getting kind of goofy in my head because I've seen enough goofiness in this world. People facing trouble, facing trials, all of a sudden they're, they're losing their minds. People that seem like they're, man, they're, they're solid and fighting the devil. And now all of a sudden they're mad at God and taking it out on him. And I don't need that before I go out of here. I need to be considering myself. And sometimes that takes somebody helping me hear the things I don't want to hear. You think it's comfortable? Oh, never. I've stopped trying to be comfortable. I just, Lord, I want to be saved. I've stopped trying to have uh, 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 something to prove. I just got to be right with God. Romans 15 in closing. Oh, I thank God for people that are serious about making heaven their home. It's a cross. It's a cross to bear. Oh, yeah. You can't throw that out. Jesus said, take up your cross, deny yourself daily. That's what he said. Follow me. And if Jesus needed help bearing his cross. Rest assured, we will need that as well. Romans 15, we're familiar with it. There's also a parallel scripture in Galatians 6. It says, we then that are strong. Romans 15, 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. And not to please ourselves. I'll tell you what I see so much of. I see it in so many areas in life. I see a lot of people doing a lot of things. And what ends up happening in their their efforts is, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself a question. Have they accomplished anything or did they just feel good about Doing something. See, I feel like the best thing you can do before you get busy is ask somebody, how, how can I help? How can I help? What would be helpful? I'm not interested in wasting my time feeling good about myself when people are hurting. It's important to, to help them, not feel good about myself because I'm so helpful. You understand what I'm saying? Find out. I've seen a lot of people over the years, oh, I want to I be busy. I want to do something for God. I want to be a part of something. But, but so few that just say, what would be helpful? So few that just look at the situation and say, I want to lift a burden. I want to help carry the load. Because generally those things are Kind of tough jobs. They don't bring a lot of glory. A lot of things that need to be done don't really get a lot of some of some of the greatest workers in here. They don't they don't hold a microphone. Amen. You don't hear from them a whole lot. They don't get a whole lot of credit for it. But their prayers, their kindness, the ways they strengthen things, it's really the backbone of what God's doing. Amen. That kind of faithfulness that doesn't say, hey, look at me. But says, how can I carry the load? And some of those loads, it's it's a dirty job. 
Amen. It's not a glorious job to really get busy and do what it takes. Hey, look at any family, mom, dad, what you do to keep a family going. It's not glorious. You know, you might have some great family pictures, but, you know, right after that, when you start getting busy, you know, your hair's everywhere and, and everything is wrinkled and because you're busy and you're digging in there. That's the way a church is. Amen. Doing the work of God is not about just fulfilling our self-importance. But sometimes it's getting in there and doing something that has to be done. It's a last, you know, it's a day by day. It's the last thing I'd want to do, but it's the first thing that needs to get done. Just like in your home, just like at your job. That's the way we are in the house of God. And sometimes the, the ones that are hurting the most need to help take up their cross. That's tough. That's difficult. Yeah. That's church. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a help. But it comes with not just trying to be important. It help comes with, it happens by saying, how can I be a help? How can I be a blessing? How can I help carry the load? It's never easy. See, the cross in closing, as we told you, every detail, every horrible detail is full of meaning. Just the understanding that it is a cross that we carry. It's it's a torture device. It's an execution that was shameful. When Jesus said, take up your cross, carry a cross, he's saying that's going to be heavy. That's going to be difficult. It's going to be rough. It's going to, uh, it's going to rub against you the wrong way. People are going to look. People are going to stare. People are going to laugh. But you're going to follow Jesus and it's going to be glorious. You're going to have a life that has true meaning because you are blessing and giving and helping and you're a part of God's kingdom doing the work of uh, uh, that God has called you to. Not worried about credit, not worried about about popularity, but doing God's will so that you can hear well done. Carrying a cross. The beautiful thing about it, if we're doing it right, you're going to be a help, but you'll get some help. As we work together, then God gets the glory. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I can tell you that living for God is a blessed life. But it is a life of of self-denial. Jesus said in those same verses of taking up your cross, He said if you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you seek to lose your life for Christ's sake, you're going to have life in you. The most joyful, the most satisfied people are givers, are servants, are people that are looking out for other people, people that are helping other people carry their cross, people who are looking for opportunities to be a blessing and a help. Because that's the example Jesus gave. But selfishness and pride is an empty life. Seek it.
There's people that are weak here. How can I help? How can I? Sometimes I know there's people that won't let you. There's people that put up the wall. That's that's a time to pray for them. Lift them up in prayer when you see their weak. Because there's going to come a time when you're weak. There's going to come a time when you need that help. And even sometimes you're going to need somebody to tell you what you really don't want to hear. But somebody that cares enough about you to help you take up that cross of self-denial and step up to a new level in your faith. Step up to a new level in how effective you are for the kingdom of God. It's a cross. Sometimes we got to dig down into our lives and our hearts and say, God, help me. Help me look at myself, Lord. Some things that I've allowed some some areas that I've grown cold or indifferent in. And God, stir me up again. Stir up, Lord God, your gift in me. Oh, hallelujah. Have that away. Have your way with me. Jesus, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. God, I pray for my church family, Lord. I pray right now, God, you know face, Lord, what we're, Lord, the battles and how the enemy fights and how, Lord, you have told us in your word that there would be shaking in our life. God, help us to ground ourselves on the foundation of who you are. Lord, help us to more than ever before have an ear to hear what your spirit would say to us and lead us. Lead us, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Higher, deeper in you. Bind our hearts together, Lord, I pray. God, I thank you for the love, the compassion that is in this house again. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would help one another to bear our cross. Until the day you call us home, God, we love you so much. Let's all stand, Father. Thank you. Thank you again for your presence here. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and knowing, Lord, that you answer. God bless each one, I pray, Lord, and just pour your spirit into each one more and more every day, Lord. And we thank you for what you're doing. Keep us safe, Lord, now as we travel. And I pray work through our lives throughout these next coming days. We give you all the thanks, all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.